Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. We are going to be talking about strategies to get through the holidays without feeling terrible about ourselves, without feeling stuffed, without feeling like we wake up on December 27th and none of our clothes fit. I want to help you create a new framework around the holidays. And I'm also going to be talking about recipes for the holidays so that you can really love the food you're eating I don't want anybody going into the holidays and feeling like in order to get results or avoid weight gain, you cannot enjoy food because that's just not true. The reality of the situation, when we look at the amount of weight that the average individual gains over the course of a year, half of that is gained during the holidays, this period from the end of October through December. Half of all annual weight gain is gained during the holiday season. And here's the scary part. Most people don't lose it. Now, they'll tend to tighten things up come early January and lose a few pounds, but then the motivation goes and so does the weight loss. So we really need to get control of this time of year because really we want to enjoy the holidays, but are we really enjoying the holidays if we go to bed every night feeling like we overdid it, feeling frustrated that we overate again, feeling like we have no options for what to wear and we'd rather skip the party because we don't have any clothes that fit us well? The holidays, we refer to them as a season, right? But it is not a running holiday from October 31st until January 1st. It's not. It's about three days plus or minus, depending on which, you, which holidays you celebrate and which ones you don't. But the reality is we are talking about a few days, but we treat it like a few months. It is not a three-month season. It's really not. Before we dive into specific strategies and recipes and all that stuff, let's talk about the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule is pretty much my favorite thing in life because it allows us to do less exert less energy, and get more results. So the 80-20 rule basically states that 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And we see this in every aspect of life, right? And it might be 95-5 or 90-10, 80-20-ish. We can apply this rule to holiday eating. And that basically means that there are going to be about 20% of the things that give you the majority of your results. So 20% of your strategies are going to be responsible for 80% of your results. Also, what that means is you don't have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. You just have to know what strategies are your highest impact strategies. Maybe that is alcohol or carbs, but not both, or starch or sweets, but not both, right? 
So if you're going to do the mashed potatoes and the stuffing, then maybe that means you skip the dessert. Or if the dessert is really important to you, then maybe you skip the starch, right? Or maybe it's just that you say on the actual holiday itself, the day, that you enjoy whatever you want without guilt. But then it's over and you don't carry it through to, oh, well, until all the leftovers are gone and, oh, well, now there's this family party and now there's an office party and this, that, and the other thing. We have to look at the highest impact things for us because the reality is we can't go to a work party on a Tuesday and a family party on a Saturday and a, a holiday on a Sunday and overindulge at every single one and expect to feel good and expect to get the results that we want or at least avoid weight gain. It's not going to happen. And many people tend to write off any and all attempts at taking care of their health until January. Like, oh yeah, this isn't a good time. I have a I have a friend of mine um, who kind of works in this space and she was doing a challenge that started, I don't know, maybe a week ago, and I was asking her how it was going, and she said, it's funny, like, most people don't want to do it right now because it's not the right time of the year, and I kind of laughed, and I, we agreed with each other that we feel like it's the perfect time of year. When is a better time to start making how you feel a priority, right? Because nobody, how many times, I wish, I wish you guys were live with me right now. I, I love podcasting, but I wish I could just, like, look at you and be like, how many times have you woken up on January 1st and been like, damn it, I'm heavier than I was last year. I feel really, you know, full and bloated and uncomfortable and I don't have any clothes that fit. Like, let's just not do that this year. And that doesn't mean you have to be perfect and it doesn't mean you can't have dessert on Thanksgiving. It doesn't mean that. But it also means that you can't treat every single opportunity where somebody brings in cookies or somebody gives you, um, you know, whatever, cupcakes or you go to the party and, oh, there's eggnog and eggnog only comes once a year. We just can't go through it, carte blanche, having whatever we want, and expect to feel our best. Now, if you are somebody who is feeling like, listen, don't talk to me about the holidays. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do because the holidays only come around once a year, although they come around every single year. So you've probably overdone it plenty of times. You know exactly what that feels like. But if you're the person who's like, don't talk to me about the holidays. I'm going all in. I'll, I'll catch up on January 1st. That's cool. No worries. No, no worries at all. Maybe, maybe you'll enjoy the recipes that I share through this episode, but I get it. I have been there. I have been the person that's like, it's Thanksgiving and now there's leftovers and hey, like apple pie, it's here. I, I don't want it to go to waste, blah. But I think many more of you really want to feel food freedom. And you want to feel in control during the holidays. You don't want to go in like, yes, I'm going to make good choices. I'm going to practice moderation and then go home feeling like, ugh, I totally overdid it and my pants are cutting off my circulation. We want to feel like we can show up to any event and feel completely in control. We can make choices no matter where we are and what is available. Like you own your choices instead of the food owning you. Like you can go and enjoy the people and your family and your friends without overindulging and feeling awful when you go home. Like you can go to a holiday party without overeating or drinking too much. I really want you to wake up on January 1st and be proud of yourself and feel good about your body and feel like you've really laid a solid foundation for habits that you're going to bring with you into the new year. So I'm going to talk about six specific strategies that we can implement through the holidays to enjoy ourselves and enjoy our food and enjoy celebrations 
without feeling awful about ourselves or putting on weight or feeling like none of the clothes fit. In fact, I really believe that if you follow these six strategies, not only will you feel good about your body and you won't be beating yourself up and you won't gain weight, I also think it's very possible to actually lose weight, to burn fat through the holiday season. And for many of us, that would be a first. So let's dive into these strategies. Number one, eat things you love that are aligned with your goals. And this is a little bit more of a specific strategy than eat foods you love that love you back because obviously during the holidays there are just a lot of things around and there's no worse feeling than going in and looking at everything that we really want to eat and feeling like it's off limits. It's not off limits. But what do you really love that is also aligned with your goals? Now, Sometimes we are preparing food for the holidays. Maybe we're hosting, maybe we're bringing a dish. And I think this is a great opportunity to set yourself up to really look forward to the food and not feel like you're overly restricted by creating dishes, by making dishes that you are really going to be excited about, but also aren't going to sabotage your efforts and aren't going to make you feel like a fatted calf, right? So there are a couple of recipes that are my own recipes that I tend to do at the holidays. I love them. I think they're amazingly delicious. They're a couple of my favorites. Heck, I make them outside of the holiday season because I love them so much. And it's kind of tough to share a recipe on a podcast. So what I did was I created basically a little recipe guide for you guys. And this is available for everybody, whether you're on the VIP list already or not. If you are in the United States, if you are in the United States, text the word HOLIDAYS, plural, HOLIDAYS with an S at the end, HOLIDAYS, to the number 44222, and you will get the recipe download. And it has a couple of my own recipes that I love, as well as a collection of recipes from, like, legit uh, people in the in the primal paleo or fat loss space that are really good holiday recipes, including some sweets. Mine are both savory dishes, um, but I've also included in there a collection of sweet things and and other things from other um, I guess call them chefs or whatever whatever you want. Other recipes, we'll call it that way. So if you want to get those recipes, if you are preparing holiday meals or you're bringing a dish to a party or the actual holiday itself, just in the U.S text the word HOLIDAYS, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y-S, to the number 44222. If you are not in the United States, no worries. Go to the show notes page for this episode at primalpotential.com and you can download it there, okay? Does this mean that if you're hosting, you shouldn't make your signature sprinkle cookies? No, go for it. But also, make the foods that you know you can indulge in without guilt, that you can eat and love and really think are amazing, but also that are not going to make you feel disgusting when you lay in bed at night or make you feel bloated and full and heavy because that is not a good feeling. Sometimes we make a choice in the moment for pleasure without thinking of the fact that there is no pleasure in the aftermath. Absolutely no pleasure in the aftermath. You can make foods that you know are going to be delicious, even if you're the only one that wants to eat them, right? That's totally okay because then you have leftovers. If you're not hosting, bring it as a side dish. Or if you aren't comfortable with that because everybody wants to argue, oh, no, 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 it's not, it's not a situation where I can bring anything. The host would be upset. Then follow these strategies. If you have no control over what is being served, which I think you do, but if you want to tell me that you don't, no worries, eat really slowly. Eat really slowly. I think with holidays, we tend to have this fear of missing out. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I think it was a pretty good one, fear of missing out. 
we tend to have this fear of missing out, like, oh, there's all this good food and we just need to like pile it on to make sure we get some of it. But really, it's A, aren't there always leftovers? And B, is there anything all that new or novel that you don't know what it is like? And don't we tend to just take a little bit of everything because we're curious, even if it's not something that we really love? So eat slowly. Eat slowly and really savor it. If you're gonna indulge, then make sure you're not wolfing it down and then looking and going, oh man, I totally missed that. That's why we often go for leftovers because we ate so quickly through it that we feel like we didn't get enough pleasure out of it. So the slower you eat, the more psychological satisfaction you're gonna get from the meal, plus the more it's physically going to satisfy you. So eat very slowly. The other thing is don't eat standing up. When you eat standing up, your full attention is not on your food and you're more likely to eat more quickly and to not really enjoy what you're eating because you're thinking about other things or you're having casual conversations or whatever. So make sure that if you're going to eat anything, whether it's an appetizer or the entree or the dessert, sit down, be present and really enjoy it. Start with your vegetables, right? Whether that's Brussels sprouts or carrots or green beans or whatever it is, a salad, start there. Eat slowly and chew, chew, chew. Remember a few episodes when we were talking about digestion, I was talking about how we should chew every bite of food approximately 20 to 30 times. And I'm not a big fan of counting, but you get the understanding that that's like a lot of chewing. But most people only chew about four to six times before they swallow. So start with your vegetables and chew the heck out of them. Now, after you finish your vegetables, go for the protein. Really, really satisfy yourself, satisfy your hunger with the protein and the vegetables. So the turkey, the ham, the beef, whatever. Fill up your plate with protein and vegetables first. Carbs are sides. Carbs are sides, right? Holiday plates that are overflowing with like the stuffing and the white potato and the sweet potato and the rolls. Pick a side, a carb side, that you want the most, that looks totally amazing. Don't just eat it because it's there and you don't even like those grocery store rolls, right? Eat it really mindfully. Pick the one that is amazing to you, not while you're standing at the counter holding a kid on your hip or juggling your drink. You know, no. Sit down, be mindful, load up on veggies, chew a lot, focus on the protein, and then pick the carb that really, 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 really looks amazing and savor it. Savor it, savor it. So again, if you are hosting or you are bringing a side dish or you just want these holiday recipes, if you're in the U.S., text the word HOLIDAYS, plural, HOLIDAYS, to the number 44222, and you will get this download that has a couple of my own personal recipes as well as a collection of other recipes, including both sweet and savory options. And if you are not in the U.S., no big deal. Just go to the show notes page and you can download it right there. So the second strategy, and, and most of these are pretty simple, but we tend to overlook them. The second strategy is eat when you are hungry, not just because there is food present. So how many times do we find ourselves eating even though we're either not hungry or worse, totally stuffed, right? Like somebody brings out the pie and you are just gross stuffed, your pants are feeling tight, and you go for it just because it's there. I want you to really work on telling yourself, I can have that and I can enjoy it, but I'm gonna wait until I'm hungry again. You will get hungry again, I promise, 
I'm going to wait until I'm hungry again because I'm going to enjoy it more when I'm feeling a little hungry than I am when I'm totally stuck. So you have to tell yourself, it's not a no. It's not, no, that's bad food. You can't have it. It's, I'm actually not hungry and I'm going to wait to have it until I am. You will get hungry again. Do not fall into the trap of fear of missing out. It's not going anywhere. There is not an apple pie shortage across the world. Even if it gets gobbled up, I'm sure during the holiday season, you can find another apple pie or you can make one, right? So before you dive in to the bowl of trail mix sitting out on the table or the little holiday chocolates that are sitting on somebody's desk, get in the habit of asking yourself, am I hungry? And if the answer is no, not really, just say, all right, I'm going to wait to indulge in this until I am hungry again. And that time will come. You're not telling yourself no. This is not a restrictive thing. It's I'm going to enjoy it more when I'm a little hungry. Many of us eat when we are not hungry. And during the holidays, many of us eat when we are stuffed. And you got to keep in mind that when you give your body more fuel than it needs, what happens to the excess? It gets stored. So it's not that you can't have it, but why do you want to give it to yourself when it's just going to go to storage and you know you're going to get hungry again? Why not just wait? We can avoid so much of the discomfort and the frustration of the holidays if we just simply only eat when we're hungry, even if the food choices remain the same, but we're just eating when we're hungry. All right, so the, the third strategy is a little, a little bit different. And the third strategy is to minimize your consumption of hyperpalatable food. Okay, well, what does that even mean? What is hyperpalatable food? These are the things that we tend to overeat. We overeat them because the ingredients or the textures or both make them more pleasurable to our palate. So something that is, say, like sweet and creamy, like cheesecake, is going to be hyperpalatable. Or when we take carbs and we add fat to them, that makes them hyperpalatable, more pleasing to our palate, and we want more of them. So now it no longer comes about hunger, and it's really about immediate pleasure. We've made them more sensitive to our palate, and we are more likely to overdo it. So putting gravy on mashed potatoes or butter on bread. So how do we implement this? How do we minimize having this hyperpalatable food? Simplify. Keep it really simple. Meat, veggies, one carb, don't fancy it up. Limit things, and I'm not saying completely avoid, but really become aware of and look to reduce things like adding salt or adding gravy or adding butter. Because what they do is they tend to mask the flavor of whatever it is that we're having, and they trick us into overeating. And so if you're keeping your food really, really simple and basic and you're not adding all of this other stuff, then you're going to eat less of it. So really just be aware of our tendency to make things hyper palatable and dial that back. Then you are far more likely to stop eating when you are satisfied. The fourth strategy is really a, a derivation of something that I've talked about before related to evaluating whether or not something is even worth it, right? How many times do we eat holiday foods just because they're there? Like the Yule log from an office Christmas party that was probably frozen for several months, but it's the plated dessert, so we have it because it's there, even though we're like, this is kind of dry and it really doesn't have a lot of flavor, but it's in front of our face and so we eat it. Or the grocery store sugar cookies that somebody brings in to work. Or the pre-dinner rolls that aren't hot or fresh, they're just from the grocery store, right? 
we tend to just eat things like maybe you don't love green bean casserole, but it's there and you're curious and it might be good. So you try it. Listen, ask yourself, is it worth it? Is this amazing? And the way that I teach this to my clients and the way that I practice it for myself is ranking things on a scale of one to 10. So for example, my mom's cranberry bread is probably an eight. So I will very likely have a slice of that, right? But mashed potatoes, I mean, they're good. I like them. But are they like totally amazing? If I were looking on a scale of one to 10, what would I call them? I don't know, maybe like a five or a six. So to me, that's not worth it. I would rather go for the things that are an eight or a nine or a 10 and avoid that stuff. I mean, yeah, the mashed potatoes, they're on the table, but they're just average. I, I totally know what to expect when I eat them. Or maybe it's the cheap wine, right? Somebody's serving, you know, cheap wine that you, and, and you love wine, but it's cheap and it's average and it's really not that great. And yeah, maybe it's free, but is it worth it? A scale of one to 10, is it below an eight or a nine? Then just pass, skip, don't do it. How about the pumpkin pie? Yes, it is seasonal. You're not gonna get it in June, but it's not your favorite, right? If you're more of a chocolate cake person, then skip the pumpkin pie. You don't need to try it. You know it's not your favorite thing. If it's not your favorite, just let it go. And I talked about this with my good friend, Allison Hagendorf, uh, when she was on the show uh, a month or two ago. And she asks herself this question in a different way, which I really love and think that it can be super, super helpful. Would I go out of my way to get this or make this? Would I go out of my way to buy a bag of rolls at the grocery store? No. So I'm not going to eat them just because they're there. Would I go out of my way to make a green bean casserole topped with some fake onion stuff? No, I wouldn't. So I'm not going to eat it out of curiosity because it's not worth it. Would I go out of my way to make or get my mom's cranberry bread? Yes. Yes, I would. So that is worth it to me. But if you really look at everything on the table and go, I mean, I'm just not really a stuffing person. I always have it to try it because it's there and it's like a traditional holiday food. But listen, if it's not worth it, if you wouldn't go out of your way to make it or have it, then save your indulgences for things that are really, really, truly worth it to you. And that in and of itself, not only is it going to make you feel better at the end of the day because you didn't stuff yourself with things that you don't even really enjoy, but your overall enjoyment of food will be so much higher because you're indulging in things that are really, really, really worth it to you. All right, so the fifth strategy is just say no. Just say no. I understand that people push food. And let me be clear that this happens in my own life too. And you do have the ability to say no, and that doesn't make you a bad person. Somebody offering you something homemade that they have made themselves is not a reason to eat it. If you want it and you love it and it's totally worth it, fine, eat it. But I hear this all the time, like, oh, so-and-so, you know, they went out of their way. Okay, and so you're forced to eat it? I mean, what if you had an allergy or what if you were sick? Like, you, you're not. That's in your head. That's in your head. And if you want to be successful through the holiday season, you have to realize that somebody offering you something doesn't mean you have to say yes and doesn't mean that if you say yes, you have to put it in your mouth, right? You are going to let the 60 minutes somebody spent baking brownies be the reason that you indulge 412 times in a three-month period instead of three or four times, right? You have control over your choices. If you want the brownie, eat the brownie. But please, let's understand that somebody offering it doesn't take away your freedom of choice. My grandmother makes apple pie. 
right? And she's 94, 95, 96, I think she's 96. She makes apple pie and she will die someday, right? She, she will die and she will not make her apple pie probably sooner than later. And I know that she will offer me pie. Now my family calls me Betsy. Everybody else calls me Elizabeth. You cannot call me Betsy. Please don't. That, I will let you know that that's not cool. Unless we were related by blood, you cannot call me Betsy. Um, so anyway, I am sure that she will say, come on, Betsy, have a slice of my pie. And I will say, no thanks, Graham. And I don't love her any less. And she doesn't love me any less. And she is not disrespected. Does she understand? No. But does her apple pie have anything to do with my love or respect? No, it doesn't. I'm sorry, it doesn't. And yes, it's a different generation and she doesn't understand my food choices. She doesn't have to, and that's okay. In fact, my grandmother, she wants me to be happy and healthy more than she wants me to eat her pie. I do not expect her to understand why I am saying no. To her, it's no big deal. It's a generational thing and she hasn't had my personal struggles, right? I don't care if she doesn't understand. It doesn't mean I love her less. It doesn't mean she loves me less. She doesn't have to understand my personal boundaries. Now, if my grandmother's apple pie, and she doesn't listen to the podcast, it's safe to say this, if her apple pie was like totally amazing and my favorite thing about the holidays, I'd eat the pie. But it's not. <laughs> it's just, it's not that amazing. Or if my aunt has Thanksgiving morning catered, with pastries and bagels, do I feel the need to eat them because she spent the money? Nope, I don't. Her purchases are none of my business and my food choices aren't hers. I'm not gonna choose to not feel good about my body because she spent 50 bucks. Now, if those pastries and bagels were my favorite thing in the whole wide world, would I eat them? Yeah, yeah, I would. It's not a big deal. But the reality is we cannot tell ourselves that because somebody made something or somebody offered something that we have to eat it. We don't. You just don't. And that, if, if you're struggling there, you really need to look at what's true. If somebody comes into your house and you've made cookies and you say, would you like a cookie? And they say, no, thanks. I'm good. Do you disrespect them? Like, do you, do you hate them? Do you think that they're a terrible person? No, they might have diabetes. They might have already eaten. They might not like cookies, right? I mean, who cares? It's none of our business and it's, it's none of theirs what you choose to do. This is something we really, really have to look at. One of my clients the other day was, was having a moment because I think it was her great aunt had made her some dried cranberries. And they were special to her because her great aunt made them and her great aunt is old and she knows that she'll die one day. She felt guilty not eating them. And I said to her, I said, do you, if you don't eat them, do you love her less? And she was like, well, no, of course not. And I said, if you don't eat them, does she love you any less? And she was like, no, of course not. And I'm like, so this is all in your head. If you want them and you love them and they're amazing, eat them. But the eating, the food has nothing to do with the relationship. Nothing. All right. So the sixth strategy and you guys might not be on board with this, but get on board because I think that it is a real powerful one. Ready? Today, as I'm recording this, I don't know the date, but when you guys are listening to this, when you guys are listening to this, I think it will be like the 10th of, yeah, it'll be the 10th of November when you guys are listening to this. So from today through January 1st, I want you for some portion of the day, whether it's 10 minutes or 10 hours, wear fitted clothes every single day for 10 minutes or for 10 hours. I don't care. Wear 
fitted clothes every day without exception until the first of the year and preferably onward. So the other day on Primal Potential's Facebook page, I shared a post that my friend Carrie Manti put up and she said, this is so great. It was a picture of her in corduroys and she said, want to make sure your pants fit on January 1st? Wear them. <laughs> I mean, this is like so straightforward, but we don't do it. And this is easier for men. If you're a guy, get your most fitted slacks or jeans and wear them. Now, men don't have the issue that women have where most of the clothes, even jeans, have some stretch and some give these days. But men don't typically have that problem. So if you're a dude, this is easy. Find your most fitted, most snug jeans or, or slacks and wear them all the time. All the time. Even if you're just putting them on for 10 minutes at the end of the day when you transition from your work clothes to your chill out and watch TV clothes, wear them every single day. If you are a lady, it can be more challenging because of yoga pants and stretchy jeans and skirts and dresses. Listen, we all have that pair of pants that we know after a tough weekend, we don't want to wear those to work because we might not be able to breathe. Wear those. Wear those. You don't, some people be like, well, with my job, I wear yoga pants every day. Great. Yeah, me too. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean that you cannot start your day by pulling them on, buttoning them, buttoning them up, sitting down, standing up, taking them off, putting them back in the closet, or that you put them on after work. Wear them every single day. This is so simple, but many people don't want to do it because they want to avoid the fact that they're putting on weight. Why? Why do you want to avoid it? Why don't you want that little gentle reminder that says, um, I have basically like scars across my midsection because these pants are digging into my waist. No, wear them every single day. Put on these most fitted pants all the time. Between now and the end of the year, I want you wearing a piece of fitted clothing every, every, every single day. So those are the six strategies. And because I'm a rule breaker, I want to throw in one more. And that is every single day, bring your focus to what you want. Bring your attention, bring your focus. And, and the way I do this is in my morning routine with my visualization and my affirmations. And if you haven't listened to that episode on creating a morning routine and my personal morning routine, I think that that's a real helpful one, especially as we go into the holidays. Every day, bring your attention to what you want, to how you want to feel to the feeling that you want to have when you go to bed that night, right? Why you want to avoid overdoing it, what it feels like when you do that. Bring your attention to what you want, okay? Take a second right now. If you're driving, do this as soon as you stop, but if you're at your desk or you're walking or whatever, write this down on paper or write it down on your phone. I want you to write down three words. And the first word is focus. I want you to write down these words and then I want you to put them somewhere where you're going to see them every single day because I want you to see, stick them to your computer or on your mirror, on the dash of your car, set them as the background of your phone, I don't care. These three words, the first word is focus. The second word is action. The third word is grace. Focus, action, grace. Every day when you see this, I want that to be a reminder to bring your focus to what you want, how you wanna feel what you want to feel like on January 1st, how amazing it will feel to enjoy food without overdoing it. Bring your focus every single day, preferably multiple times a day, to what you really want. And then when you see the second word, the second word is action, I want it to remind you that it's not enough to want 
to not overeat. It's not enough to want to be successful through the holidays. You have to take action and you have to take action every day. And it doesn't have to be massive life-changing action. It could just be today I'm going to start my day with a glass of water. Today I'm going to go for a walk. Today I'm not going to have dessert after dinner because I don't need a treat every day. So each day I want you to bring your focus to what you want. I want you to remember to take action and then don't think about the action and don't think about what you should do. Get up and do it. And then the third word is grace. Because there will be bad days and there will be bad weekends and there might be bad months and that's okay. That is life. We are not in this for perfection. And when you have a bad day or a bad moment or a bad weekend or a bad experience, there's no value in being critical. There's no value in being critical. Instead, be curious. But to avoid being critical and instead be curious, you have to be willing to grant yourself some grace. Listen, this is not a perfection thing. This is not a, a decision and then everything moves forward smoothly. There's going to be tough times and you have to just say, yesterday is gone and today I'm going to do my best. Today I'm going to bring my focus back to what I want. Today I'm going to take action. And today I'm going to grant myself grace because this is a process and this is a journey and I am improving all the time. Focus, action, grace. I really want you to write down those three words right now unless you are driving and then I want you to put them somewhere where you will see them every single day. Now again, if you want those recipes, those are two of my own personal recipes that I make every holiday season as well as a collection of other recipes. If you are in the United States, text the word holidays, holidays with an S at the end, to the number 44222. Or if you're not in the United States, just go to the show notes page on primalpotential.com for this episode. You can download it right there. All right, what I ate yesterday. Started the day with black coffee. Did some fasted um, cardio. It was, a, it was a rest day for me, so I did a longer row, very, very low intensity, um, not moderate intensity at all. I wasn't huffing and puffing. I just wanted to move my body for an extended period of time, and the weather wasn't such that I could walk. Uh, then after that... I had a, a really delicious and simple meal that I posted on Instagram and Facebook. I took a can of wild salmon and I mashed it up with a half an avocado, some tomatoes, and two cups of raw shredded cabbage. A little bit later, while watching some football, I had mixed nuts and then I had an apple with cinnamon on it. And um, then I had a Witch Witch lettuce wrap, which which is a, is a restaurant change that does sandwiches, but you can get lettuce wraps. And on that lettuce wrap, I had turkey, bacon, avocado, and tomato. So that is what I ate yesterday. If you're curious about my workouts, I am sending them out now every Sunday at the bottom of the weekly VIP email that goes out to everybody on the Primal Potential VIP email list. If you want to get on that and you're not already, text the word PRIMAL to 44222 or just go over to primalpotential.com, pop in your name and email address, you'll be on the list. I send out thoughts, recipes, ideas, motivation every week. And now at the bottom of all of those emails, I will have all of my daily workouts for the week so that you see the big picture instead of just seeing a random snapshot on days that I record a podcast. So anyway, um, really hope that you enjoy the holiday recipes. Really hope that you enjoy the holiday season. Love yourself through it. Don't trash your body. It is not worth it. You are worth far more. Nothing is all that novel. The food is not going anywhere, but your opportunity to care for your body is not a forever opportunity. So do it now. Enjoy the holidays. Get those recipes by texting the word holidays to 44222. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful holiday season wherever you are, whatever you celebrate. I hope that you just are really grateful for this life.
And um, I am certainly grateful for all of you. I hope to connect with you. I hope you guys will continue to email me and let me know how I can help you reach your goals. I love you guys all, and I'll be back in a couple of days in another episode. Have a great day.